There is evil at work in the land to the west. It's your fate to go there and see what you can see with eyes unclouded by hate. This is Melissa on December 17th, about to watch Badland, uh, mostly sober. Here we go. Pushing play now. Do I like this? Oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Previously on Cow Punchers. Right, so all I have is this land and all these jewels. After our four years of war crimes, this is all we have. What are you doing? I gotta go to the store. I gotta. What for? Because I gotta eat dinner. I, gotta, so I'm I need get to get some carrots, some cheese, some lunch meat, roast beef. I need to get some wax paper. Anything to fill my belly. There's only one judgment that can be made for this film. I think maybe we should revisit Badland. Can it be as bad as My Name is Nobody? Take the shot! Mr. President, there's been an incident. I've come in here with a last-minute reprieve from the governor. And now, the conclusion. Welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the beer is warm. The women cold and the bullets fly thick. I am the deputy, Stu Kaufman. And I am as sick as Bruce Dern. I'm Amy McLeod. And I am a bumblebee striped pair of leggings. My name is Melissa Huggins. And tonight, we went back to the well. We went back to a land we swore we'd never go to. We went back to 2019's Badland, directed by Justin Lee and starring... Kevin Makeley, Trace Atkins, and Mira Sorvino. And, uh, yeah, I think we, we were discussing a little bit before we uh, started recording, and I think um, uh, Amy and I may have been a little harsh on this. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, a little harsh? <laughs> I I would say y'all were a lot harsh on this movie. <laughs> now... To to defend in our defense, when we watched Badland for the first time, that was only the seventh episode of this podcast. It followed when you guys watched. I think of Fievel Goes West. Like, come on, yeah, like, yeah. true, not classic. a great. We we, <laughs> yeah. we we were we were but baby children when we watched As, this. We were. Uh, Brand new podcasters. We didn't know what the hell we as, were doing. As Ben and I were discussing, because I made Ben watch this with me, um, my second viewing, because yes, yes, listeners, I watched this twice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it, it, you hadn't watched Trash yet. We hadn't yet experienced the Fay horror show that was My Name is Nobody 
or the Christmas jingle jangle tragedy that was Cowboy Christmas. Or even Sabata the Killer. I feel like we... <laughs> oh, God, We, we yeah. don't use that one as a benchmark very much. I think that's our new benchmark for low because just... We may have to rewatch that one to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're sure as hell aren't watching My Name is Nobody again. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, I am 100% confident in calling that movie awful. We'll waste, revisit it in three years and make sure. Waste of a Fonda. Waste of a Fonda. <laughs> yeah, truly. But uh, before we get too deep in the weeds here, A, uh, do you want to tell us what happened in this here picture show? I sure do. Again. I'm going to, I'll keep it pretty brief. I mean, we do have our episode from 2020, although part of me is like, uh, it definitely hurts from being one of our early episodes where our, our, our sound quality is terrible. Uh, we, we weren't quite uh, in a groove yet of the format, so it's uh, definitely was hard for me to listen back to, but I did listen to it in preparation for this episode. Um, but I also summarize it there, but I will keep this brief. We mainly follow our good buddy, Detective Matthias Breacher. He is tracking down Confederate war criminals. Uh, this movie's split into four different chapters. Each one where he's uh, kind of hunting down a different Confederate war criminal, except for the last chapter. So in our first one, he uh, is trying to track. He's he has successfully tracked down uh, Trace Atkins, who I feel like this was a pretty good part. We've seen him in a in a you know he was in um, Old Henry, mm -hmm. which I thought he was pretty good. He was in that um, Hickok movie, which was not not good. No, <laughs> but this one, you know, it's a short scene, but I thought he was used very well with his deep, deep, gravelly voice. Um, so we start off the with man, a pretty snappy scene. The man who brought us honky tonk, badonka donk. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> they can't all be bangers, my man. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the first chapter. Gives us kind of an intro. You get to see how uh, cool Matthias Breacher is. Uh, He's he good with the shooting, does the cool little fan thing with the revolver. The second chapter is when he is tracking down Bruce Dern, <laughs> um, who is dying of pneumonia. I think so, in more than one way, Bruce Dern is like my benchmark for like where I am at with movies. What age of Bruce Dern am I dealing with? <laughs> yes. We have an this old West, Bruce Dern. This Western. Western. In our Western series. Um, but Bruce Dern has a, a pretty hot daughter. So. Um... It's Mira. She's, Sarah is Mira Sorvino. Yes. And girls still looks amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. Ain't making fun here. Like, she's a nice looking lady. Um, so he doesn't want to hang a dying man, uh, despite whatever nebulous war crimes he committed. <laughs> and he falls in love with Sarah. Uh, but he decides to hang around and basically watch this man die so that he can, you know, kind of mark him off of his list. For reasons. Because, you know, he's got a job to do. He wants to watch all these war criminals die. He's going to, he get daggone it, he's going to watch Bruce Dern die. Um, and then, of course, Sarah is in some trouble with some locals who want to steal the farm because um, they're like, oh, a sick old man and a lady? Like, pff, we're just going to bully them out of their land. So, of course, Matthias uh, helps out um, 
I'm going to say help out in quotes because he kind of makes things worse, which leads to a pretty cool shootout uh, where Bruce Stern does get shot. So he does mark that guy off the list. We watched him die. Chapter three, we go to a town called Knife's Edge, which is a pretty cool town name, to be honest, um, where he is hunting down a uh, guy. Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) Colonel Sanders. I'm sorry. I have to bring this up because y'all made fun of his accent the whole time. And I just need to raise you Kenneth Branagh in Wild Wild West. We hadn't okay. heard that yet, to be yeah. fair. I'm just saying. This I is... think they're now in league. They're in league with each other. They're in the same level of badness. One, I think, I, I still stand by, Branagh knew what movie he was in. He, this is just stupid. He also knew what movie. he. Both of them know what movies they okay. are in. Uh, and yeah. Kenneth Branagh's is, by virtue of being Kenneth Branagh, is just terrible. Like, so bad, it's not even recognizably Colonel Sanders. Whereas this is like, yes, Colonel Sanders, great, knows what he's doing, is drawing the hell out of all the evil. So, yeah. Anyway, happy. Anyway, Amy, you, so you we, left off with discount Kenny Rogers. Yes. Well, we got we got uh, <laughs> war criminal Colonel Sanders that uh, <laughs> Matthias has got to bring him in. And um, this guy has like a, an iron grip on this town. Um, basically like he is the law. He he just kills people for whatever reason he feels like. Um, so (laughs) poor Matthias tries to get some help, but they're like, (laughs) he sends a telegram back to Washington. Like, Hey, this guy's a sheriff and he's trying to fucking kill me. And they're like, well, just do your best kiddo. (laughs) Right. Back in there, slugger. Shit. That sucks. That sucks, sucks to be you, buddy. Uh, but he, he pulls it through, um, another cool shootout, takes that guy out, but he does get shot in the process. So then chapter four brings us to him, uh, injured, riding off somewhere. You're not quite sure where he's going. Um, there is uh, West Studi from earlier in the film. You see him. I, I think it's a waste of a West Studi. I would have loved to see it really him more is. in this yeah. movie. Um, I have he a shows theory. Up. I have theories. Okay. Okay. Uh, he patches him up and sends him on his way and uh, Matthias goes back to Sarah, presumably to live happily ever after, though it does seem like he's still pretty pretty gravely injured by the bullet wound so his fate is somewhat unknown, but we, we assume that, that they end up together and it's fine. So that's the, uh, the, the $3 tour of, <laughs> of Badland. Um... Yeah, it's it's episodic, uh, and Mel, as you pointed out a couple times, um, I guess I don't know if we've meant said this in the main part, but um, for Stu and I, this is our second time viewing it, and Mel watched it and recorded her commentary as she was watching it, so I watched it while listening to her commentary. <laughs> as um, did I. Which I'm like, maybe we'll. <laughs> Maybe we'll release that. I don't know. Um, you can but, you can sync it up and watch. Yes, <laughs> listen to my raw commentary. Yes, <laughs> uh, a few times you mentioned that. I mean, this would be would have been better served as a mini series, and I 100 percent agree. So, oh, yeah. I've been thinking about this, and my main theory is that at least one of the treatments of this was as a mini series and then i think netflix was like 
we don't we're not doing a mini series because the director's kind of, the director is also the writer. So like I think there is some suffering here from no one editing the screenplay. <laughs> I no, think yes. it can sometimes be a difficulty where it's you know, like I don't like to mention JK Rowling, um, because Fair. we all know why. Um a but like she desperately needed an editor after book four. Like they just stopped editing her stuff. And this in a way kind of echoes that. Like you know, if this was meant to be a mini series with these four episodes really developing these characters and all of these things, then I think we would, there's a lot of gaps that are happening and there's a lot of like jumps that happen, mm-hmm. mostly because I think it's due to time. Like it's a two hour movie. It feels like a two hour movie, but to me, it's an inherently watchable two hour movie. Um, but there's definitely like, room for this to be expanded out into like i would i would say six episodes of a mini series i would would, agree and we would get more west studi we'd get more mira sorvino which give me more of her i love her like all of that i think could be much more developed but i think that's what happened i think netflix was like you know what we actually don't want to do a mini series because uh, I think, Stu, you mentioned, like, Ballad of Buster Scruggs had come out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think they were like, no, nope, we want a film. We want a movie. And and it just went like, okay, so I'm going to yep. keep – I can't – I don't feel like I can <clears throat> cut any of the things I want to keep. So I'm keeping it all and just trimming it down. Yeah, because to me, I'm like – It's a shrink-wrapped you, miniseries. Because you – like, I think you could have made a – tighter movie if you'd have just done the the Mira Servino chapter, the yes. second chapter. Yep. That's like all you really needed. You mm-hmm. you could have opened with either so you could still open with that first chapter of with Trace Adkins or whatever his name was. Cause that's like establishing, right? It's short, it's sweet, boom. Then you could either just continue the movie with the Mira Sorvino section or you could continue the movie with the final town section with evil Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Either of those, I think, are a complete movie, like, mm-hmm. contained. Because you, you've got all the characters and all the parts. And then, yeah, this movie, it's just like, nobody really gets developed. Like It's like they, they start to get developed, or mm-hmm. you kind of see where, like, I, I should care more about this moment, but I don't. <laughs> Like, Everything about the movie is like half baked. It's like half put together. Everything is just like, well, we'll figure it out. Like this is like they filmed a, a, a like a third or a second or third rehearsal for this. Yeah, and it it just comes off as like this this hasn't been thought out all the way. Uh, and, I, and Mel, your comment about them really needing an editor. I yeah, because the dialogue. I think that's oh. the one thing I stand by for sure from our first episode is the dialogue is not. I good. fully agree. Nobody talks that way. I fully agree. Ben kept saying that um, it sounded like they were talking really modern and then would throw in a Western phrase or two, and I would agree with that. And I I don't think it is the actor's fault because Bruce no. Dern, Mira Sorvino. Uh, the guy who plays Reacher, even evil Colonel Sanders, like, did 
their level best with what they had. They were what like, this movie, we're, they're like, we're going to act the shit out of this. That's all we can movie, do. You know what this movie really was? It was a series of dramatic endings looking for a movie. Yeah, because there, there's some moments in the, and it's the dialogue and just what's been built up like that scene with um, Bruce Dern and Matthias where he's kind of like, just poison me or something because I don't I don't want to I don't want to go out like this. And like, it just seemed like that could have been a much more powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And then like the the whole when they end up burying him where he seems like sad. And I was like, you could have. Put something in there. Because I think what the point of that was, right? So, like, we are meant to understand that Reacher is, he's he's someone who is so insanely on the side of the law. Like, he is all about justice. He will keep to that letter of the law. That's why he struggles at the end with killing the sheriff. Even though I'm like, dude, clearly this guy has like stolen if there was an election he stole it like like do not yeah. feel bad but like stop being yeah. a boy scout for 5 minutes and honestly right? he's also a pinkerton and they had a reputation for just like shooting union leaders right like in the so- opening uh, cuz that was my thing too is like they're trying to make him like batman in in the second <laughs> chapter where he's like i don't kill people like i bring them to justice like i'm not going to kill the joker even though you're like the joker murders people all the time i think we could give you a pass but like the opening scene he kills trace atkins without a problem because like, trace atkins draws on him first that's true but i'm like it would have i don't know cuz to me i'm like i didn't even i didn't quite understand why he was so like bent out of shape about it. But I think that's one of the gaps because we don't see, we don't understand why he is this way, which we could have gotten from backstory with him and Sarah, right? Mm -hmm. Showing them getting closer, their relationship developing. Also, I would have loved to have seen the conflict come in because he is an inherently decent person. And he's like, Listen, like, I can see y'all are in the shit right now where you've got these assholes on your back trying to take your land, harassing your daughter who you're about to leave here all alone. You're a dying old man, you know, who has done horrible things, but clearly, like, you feel some kind of regret about that. And seeing him develop, like, a relationship with Bruce Dern to see the conflict happen and plant yes. that, like, like gray up his understanding of, like, black and white of, like, how yes. the world works um, that, would have been really great. I, I, I 100% agree because it's, like, that would have been cool to see that internal struggle because, like, you could even show, like, Bruce Dern, like, maybe he's tried to atone for whatever he mm-hmm. did and, like, maybe he did some, like, other things and, like, you know, he raised a wonderful daughter and maybe he helped people and be like, well, he's a good person now. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, is, you know, and, and Sarah is kind of like, he was a wonderful father. Like I've known him like to be nothing but lovely to me and he's a wonderful man. And it's like to have that struggle of like, basically you know, I needed to know why I had to sympathize with a Confederate a uh, war criminal. War criminal. Although right. this is the other thing I have a bone to pick with you guys. <laughs> Confederate war criminal wasn't enough. <laughs> right. I mean, it's enough. Like, but it's just kind of like I was like tired. I'm like everyone's a war criminal. Like what? The like f- that to me. I'm like I don't need to know more. Like your big complaint was, 
what what did they do why were they so bad and i just yelled they're confederate war criminals yeah i guess the i, I guess what we were trying to go at at least for, as far as i was concerned is be like is there they're, they're acting like there's gray area that was my problem well, like, no, and, and <laughs> my problem was they kept pointing out that like matthias in particular is the best person for this job to yeah. get these men and i was Back, like backstory Why? Yeah. And I was like, I think it would have been neat to know, like, you know, was he there at the aftermath? A a, a fun twist would be like, oh, maybe he fought for the South, like under one of these guys and saw this thing. And now he's committed to like hunting them down because like he was all like, oh, I'm tainted and like I can't I, you know, I'm damaged goods. And I was like, well, that would make sense if he's like, I fought for the South Mm -hmm. and look at all these horrible things they did. And I'm trying to atone in my own way. Well, he he reminded me a lot of, have you ever seen, oh God, the show, it's Jim Caviezel, um, Person of Interest. Ooh, this character reminded me a lot of Jim Caviezel's character in Person of Interest. It's an, it's a, it's an, it's a 2010s show. It's great. But he, Jim Caviezel's character is like this kind of assassin who is working for the government but sort of does bad things so good people don't have to do them and that's the vibe i was getting from reacher like is it reacher or breacher what is his name breacher reacher with a b reacher Reacher. so so like that's the kind of vibe i was getting where he was like i don't want to do this but i am willing to go out and do this do this job um, to to bring these people that no one else wants to hunt down, you know. Well, and then the other thing is, the other thing is, the other bone I have to pick with you guys is you were all like, what? but he's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty I'm like, he is not a bounty hunter. He is screwing things up for the bounty hunters because he's a salary man. He just, he no matter how many people he brings in, he pulls down his 20 bucks a week or whatever the heck it is. That's mm-hmm. why Harlan is pissed at him. Because I have another comp- he's killing the guys legally that the bounty hunters should be able to collect bounties on. So that's my other bone to pick. Okay, that's okay. I have it's, a, it's, we were we were mean. You were real. Mean. I have a new. I have a new bone to pick. Oh though. no! And I, and I and, I, and uh, with a whole new uh, problem with this movie <clears throat> is so preacher's a Pinkerton detective, right? Uh, and he has a problem with killing people, which is ironic because they would kill the leaders of labor unions. Um, second of all, since 1790, there has been an official arm of the federal government that is tasked with retrieving fugitives from justice who have been tried in federal court. It's the United States Marshal Service. They are very good at what they do. Why the fuck did you not make this guy a marshal? <laughs> That is yeah. it. I was also like, why, why a Pinkerton? And then, it, and then, like again, I have to sort of make things up to make it make sense because there are so many gaps. <laughs> there are um, so many gaps where it's like, oh, well, maybe because he's working for a black senator, this is the only way the senator can get this done because the marshal service won't do it for him. Um, but in many ways, I will tell you. I hit a point with this movie where I got so engrossed, I just didn't care. I went on the ride. I was like, I don't care that this doesn't make sense. Like, 
Because it made sense. I could follow the plot. I knew what was happening. Like, I could be like, okay, logically this is happening. Um, I I'm buy, I buy this romance. Like, she's been alone with elderly Bruce Dern, who is her father, in this desert no place uh, with discount Will Smith wearing his 90s glasses. <laughs> like, Teeny tiny shades. <laughs> but like, like, I, like, and this beefcake. I'm sorry. <laughs> He is yeah. objectively a beefcake of a man. I have a thing for beardy men. What can I say? Like I, Harry Manly man. <laughs> he's a, he's a good looking dude. Oh my then, god! Yeah. He the Dong one out. the one point where he takes his shirt off to take a bath. I was like, oh, oh my, <laughs> oh. And there's no and there's no bruising. That bite mark is mysteriously disappeared. Don't care. Do the not care. The one thing that should need tending. She's like, nope. Let me just mas- massage you. Do but like not care. The woman is horny, and she's like, "There is a beefcake, and he's so nice." Like, but I'm also like, you get you get yours, Sarah. You know, like I still take umbrage with the fact that she just like waltzes right in there while he's taking a bath, and he was clearly like, "Uh, like I'm taking a bath." I'm like, <laughs> I got rude, my, Sarah. I got my my bits out here. Leave me alone." She was I... like, "She was like, I want the bits." <laughs> Yeah, she had like, one thing on her mind. Look at one yeah. thing. <laughs> like, this, uh, coolest this Sarah. Western Adonis here. But, yeah. but again, it's like it suffers from like it moved so fast. I think because they they just I think they cut a lot out. It was like we're just gonna move, we're gonna move it along. It's gonna keep moving. I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, judging by Justin Lee's previous uh, efforts, it's like bit stuff he did like shorts for video games he did like other similar cheap low rated westerns this is as good as he gets yeah i mean i'm not saying it's it's great art but i enjoyed the shit out of it and i will say this it's so bad it's good in my yes yes yeah i i think what what really caused us to turn on it the first time we watched it is is the dialogue is mm-hmm. the exposition dumps like i found oh, yeah. every scene with the senator waste of a tony todd oh yes features in some amazing Definitely. star trek episodes i <laughs> think i those two scenes with the senator and his aide felt like they were performing on a stage like, oh yeah right like it felt like they were in a proscenium and they were performing monologues from a play um, 100%. Waste. Waste, waste, waste. Yeah. Because it was like so unnatural. It didn't sound like two people having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that... <laughs> it didn't even provide any useful exposition. Because it was like to explain oh, yeah, no. why he's doing this. But I'm like, you didn't you didn't need to do that. Because we didn't even get any like personal motivation, motivation from Matthias. And like, it's not like that's the guy's son or something. Like there was no connection really. It was yeah, just like, was, this guy should silly. do it. So Exposition. Was like, the get movie. rid of that. Yeah. It it didn't add anything. Like I feel like it could have added something. Like because I thought what would have been neat is and it would explain the whole Pinkerton detective if if Mel is correct, where the marshal service is like we're not going to bother. We got too many other things to deal with. Whatever. So then this senator like hires a detective to do it on his behalf, and he's mm-hmm. like not allowed to do that, and he's got to like explain where some of this money's going or something like that, and then you could have. The scenes mm-hmm. of like what's going on in Washington, and then that scene where he asked for help, and then he's like, "We can't send any more money. Like we can't do any. You know that could have a, Which, a meaning." 
Which the era in which this was couched as being, it's like it's clearly not too long after the war. So I'm I you could probably send it during the Grant administration. Or even if you put it under Andrew Johnson, who was a little more hostile to um, black civil rights, most of the federal government was being run by Congress. So either way, there are advocates there. I mean, even if it's under President Grant, notoriously corrupt administration, the one thing he was known for was smashing the Klan to bits. Well, I mean, and the other part of it, the other thing could have just been, you need help. In like it's not like he needs help in the next two weeks. He needs help in the next right. two hours. So it's right. more like it's more like you know, if there was even just a connection that of how this man got his sheriff his sheriff's badge. Like, does he have some kind of like connection to like the governor who has given him right? You know, like I am about to go against some big political players here. Do I have permission to do that? Like, that's yeah. the kind... Because there's, like, no way he's going to get help in the amount of time that he needs. But I am yeah. sorry. When he walks out of that mission and is, like... I was, like, I'm here for this. Yes. Shoot some dudes. Let's go. Yeah. I, I will I, say, the shootouts were very they good. They were the very good. I feel like, and I also feel like we were too harsh on how the movie looked. I'm still offended by the font choices on a lot yes. of the signs. Um, but there were a lot more shots that I thought looked really cool. Like the scenes of him in the mission all beat up. Mm-hmm. You know, like there were a lot of good shots. And all the shootouts and the fights I thought were very well choreographed and fun to watch. I think when I was talking in my little in my in my commentary i think at one point i was like oh this is big spaghetti energy mm-hmm. i think it was at the beginning with the fight with trace adkins yeah so i was like this is nonsensical and i love it like, it was cheese and the like, cheese that we like, love pew, 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 yes pew. It was. and then they all just drop i'm like yeah more of yeah. that please and we got some then- good guitar every so often i do think the guitar the, was great the sound mixing was way off Oh my god! Like here's what this movie really would have needed. You could have kept everything the same. That it needed less unearned strings, mm-hmm. and it needed more quick zooms. Yes. Oh, oh that would have throw, fixed a lot of sins. Throw man. some quick zooms in there. I think I would have been right there with you, Mel. Like, yeah, buckle me up. Let's shoot some weird dudes. Yeah. And I, get- I, and I think <laughs> we approached it as if they were. I think they were trying to film a serious western. Oh, absolutely. But if we had gone into it with more like this is some just fluff. Well, I also, is, yeah, I also don't think you guys had watched any spaghettis yet. We hadn't. So, like, let's see. I Before think... that, we had watched. Yeah, we hadn't. So, like, like one of the things the uh, the guys, uh, someone said about it was that like, um, throwback to those types of movies, um, something with heavy drama, but still maintaining those old traditions and tropes of the '60s and '70s, which is prime spaghetti. Which mm-hmm. I think is very much lives here in the DNA of this, which would make me think because of the amount of spaghettis we've watched and that you all have watched, I think that leads to better appreciation of thin plot, great shootouts. Yes. yes. This, we were not this, sufficiently prepared for this movie. This movie had the parts and ingredients to make a spaghetti, mm-hmm. but the director and the f- and the filmmakers were trying to make like I don't know, Unforgiven. Yeah, 
true grit. That's this yeah. movie's biggest sin is that it's like yeah, they should just lean into the big spaghetti energy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of big spaghetti energy, I think I, it just occurred to me that I think I'll have to watch it again because I think it comes closest with the fight, the fist fight. Oh. Like you have to beat my best man. I'm like, who said it was a fist fight? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> who said it was a fist fight? And and was it Quaid who looks like he's like ready to tr- like just shit his pants at any given point? He looks so uncomfortable, and he's wearing a, a what looks like Fancy a reddit vest. tux. So I enjoyed. Yeah, he's wearing a reddit tux. <laughs> I enjoyed so much. I was like, who's Hector? Who's Hector? Oh, Hector is huge. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and was again, great. No, nobody, Loved nobody it. said that had to be a fist I fight. I didn't care. And I just went at it. Did not care. I was like, oh. Oh, my like, God. Like, like the moment where he thinks he's going to fight this little guy. And then all of a sudden, this like absolute unit of a man just <laughs> comes out of oh, the shit. shack. I was like, yeah, I wanted him to do the Henry Cavill, like cock his arms thing. From yeah. Mission Impossible, I was like, "Please, please do it, do that, do that, do it." Um, I just the second viewing, I have so many great notes in here, especially about Quaid because I, I love that guy so much now. When he's he the bad di- guy and bad bad girls, I believe. When he dies, I wrote, "Quaid is dead. May he rest in shit." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go back to that fight scene with Hector though, because after uh, Matthias, like does defeat him um he like gets up dusts himself off and gets himself out of there in the background you can see the original guy that you thought he was gonna fight and he's just he's like leaning on a post and he's just kind of looking like ooh, ooh, that looked like that hurt oh like he's making all these he's like the background acting i was like Oh, that guy's he my was just favorite. Pulling focus, pulling focus. That's all he was like. <laughs> I'm in this shit movie. I'm pulling all the focus I can pull. Yeah, like Absolutely. shaking his head, like, oh boy, Hector. Oh. And that was like another thing. Cause like as soon as he was like, well, I'm going to go take care of this, I'm like, buddy, pal. No, no. Like, but it, but it would have made more sense if we'd gotten more of Breacher's background as to why oh, yeah. he would think, like, he. He thinks so, so much of what he does displays a character that thinks of the world in black and white in like, in, in like this, like belief in people are either all good or all bad. Um, and that you can, people will honor their word and to sort of what would have been a little bit more interesting to see him develop is a sense that people aren't all bad people aren't mm-hmm. all good and kind of learning to be a little more savvy that way. That would have been like a nice development for his character. Cause that's yeah. sort of what happens in the Sarah section. Um, but another bone to pick with you two, you were like, why do you want this land? It's just dust. And I'm like, because it's only green, like three months out of the year. <laughs> well, like, see like the problem doesn't... I had though, is like she's talking about we can't even keep horses alive on this land. Yeah, because of Quaid. Quaid keeps coming and shooting them. But we didn't hear about that till later. She makes it seem like the land itself isn't great. And um, then like that's that was see, my thing. I was see, like she's I got not that, selling the land. Well. I got that right from the beginning that she they can't keep horses alive because of Quaid. I was like I didn't yeah. That's didn't what I was that. getting. Um, okay. and cuz she's like we it was almost like I have all this stuff or, like, I could have all this, but every time we try to make something of it, he steals it. But even if it's a piece of shit land, 
he can sell it's it to the land. It's land. He can sell it to the railroad. He can. That's all they needed to time. say. You know, that's all they needed to say. Just, just to get me, get us off his case. Like you know, to me, I was like, I was like, yeah, they, they want the land. Like that, that's this is clear, classic motivation. Like, <laughs> so we point. wanted more. <laughs> we, we, we weren't used to these like, you know, the Sabata plot where like rich guy just want land. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say this. There, there is one addition I would make to this movie to make the senator's exposition like worth anything. I, I'm sorry, this is taking the the, the uh, it, this just occurred to me. Sorry to take the conversation back. That's how we roll here, That's man. How we roll, exactly. We're, we we're about as disjointed. <laughs> we are disjointed as, as this movie is, uh, and we're here for it. Is he gets rather than just be like the uh, IDK? I guess you're on your own chief is just like say like hey i you know i pulled in some favors the cavalry will be there in 90 minutes and you can keep everything the same and because like you know it's like well i'll be dead in 90 minutes and then you yeah know, or yeah have say like we'll have someone there in two weeks and then be like well fuck that like i need exactly. them like, in I the next a, like a t- 40 minutes <laughs> right i sent a telegram out to like the army they'll be there in 90 minutes you know shoot out bang bang boom boom uh, uh, dude shooting all over the place cavalry rides in at the end just to find a bunch of dead bodies be cool as hell that would be yeah and i did think it was because they build up that telegram response like it's because he's like what do i tell this man like what am i gonna do and his aide is like well i would tell him this and then you're like expecting some like super cool response and it's just like do whatever you want <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, Sorry. I was like, what was the point of the telegram? <laughs> like I I that's what I wrote. I said the senator is useless. You could call you could tell him to, you called in some favors to the war department or ask President Grant to send in the marshals, and then I wrote in all caps, Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, but which, I mean I think we've Which I know. think goes back to, you know, we should have had that development of like Oh yeah. Like he need like there is something about badge against badge that that breacher himself has a really difficult time or his warrant is very limiting as to mm-hmm. what he can and cannot do because he's not a bounty hunter. I think that's like the big thing. He is not a bounty hunter. He's fucking things up for the bounty hunters. He's a detective, yeah. you know, because he won't he doesn't he sort of ruins the bounties for them because he gets all these guys before they can, before he, before they can get to them. Um, And, and so like him, him sort of being like, I don't know if I can legally go after this man, like getting that permission to do that because of his warrant, you know, because we haven't seen him go against a warrant really yet. Like even with Bruce Stern, it's kind of like, He's he doesn't really go against it. He sort of like bends it a little. Whereas with the sheriff, it's I am deliberately going against like what my warrant. Like it would make more sense if he's deliberately going against what his warrant says he can and can't right. do. And, and if it's mm-hmm. a federal warrant, which if it's a war crime, it plainly is. Like yeah. then it shouldn't matter. Which again goes back to the gaps in the writing. But yeah, yeah. the shootout was so fucking cool. I yeah. didn't yeah, that you care. Don't care. I didn't it's care. Silly. My it's only, silly. I think it, that would have been a great opportunity to bring Wes Studi back into it. Like if they said, oh, he's the sheriff, you can't do it. Like you have to wait until we figure out what to do about that. And then, you know, with he, with him seeing how awful like the people in the town are and if he's worried about um, the one lady <laughs> getting murdered yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. 
maybe he's got to bring in his buddy um, Harlan or whatever. Is that his name? Harlan. Harlan. Harlan, yes. Yeah, and say, like, look, I can't do it, and I won't do it because of my principles, but because of what's happening, this guy's I, I need to bring you in on shit. this. Uh, and he ends up letting um, Harlan bring him in the, as mm-hmm. a bounty anyway. So it's like, yeah. that would have been a neat thing to see, because he's the only other bounty hunter we see, and that would have been a cool conflict for him to have to deal with in addition to what he like that would have like, been uh like another looming threat for Bruce Dern. Well, it also like if Harlan just even just showed up at the end as like I'm here for the sheriff, you know, and like you get mm-hmm. to this point where they're about to have that shootout at the end and Harlan is like you can't shoot him, I get to shoot him. Like like having that like having like a turn like that at the end. But that that is for a better writer to have written. Yes. You know, and we are yeah. clearly better writers because we sit here in our respective armchairs and yes. uh, <laughs> rewrite these movies. But, but like, ostensibly, I didn't care. I enjoyed that final shootout scene mm-hmm. so much. I was like, oh, we're going to have magic infinite bullets. And then, no, he had to reload. Um, and then we had, like, the great old-timey shootout at the end between... Breacher and the sheriff, which I was like, oh, yes. So good. So, so good. good. So good. Yeah. Honestly, after watching it again, and I don't know if it was all the NyQuil. I don't think it was. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was enjoying myself watching it. Like, I was a I little did. bit baffled listening back to, because I watched the movie uh, with, with Mel's commentary. And then I listened to our episode on it. And I I am baffled as to why we hated it. Like we hated it back then. Like we were I, like I think you, you we all, couldn't even finish you got, it. You got five minutes in and stopped paying attention. Yeah, that's what much. happened. Because I because a lot of the plot it lost holes, us. A lot of the plot holes you were talking about. I'm like, like yeah, there's gaps here, but like the plot makes sense. Well, like, and I feel like we were looking for. Like we were getting very you, nitpicky. You were with looking it. for tombstone level Western plotting. Yeah, and and we hadn't been far enough into this podcast to make a pivot halfway through the movie. Like, clearly, this movie was presenting itself as like, yeah, we're tombstone, we're unforgiven, and like, I think f- ten minutes in, we should have been like, oh no, this this is some spaghetti bullshit. Yeah, yeah, like we. <clears throat> It was too far away from what I think what we wanted to watch, um, which is kind of like if you if you ever watch a movie that you're not in the mood for. <laughs> that that uh, probably listen, didn't help either. Listen to our Meeks cutoff episode and <laughs> yeah. how much I pan that movie, and yet it lives rent free in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Where it's like <laughs> maybe we watched it. It was a bad time. Maybe we had too many Bud Light limes well, uh, before. <laughs> to me, it's the same thing. Like, like my like when we watched the two, three, ten to Yuma's. I stand by the fact that I think we watched them in the wrong order because when we watched the Kurt Russell one, we were expecting the 1950s, 60s one, and mm. that's not what it was. Like that's the, it was more of an action film, exactly. Yeah. And if I had been prepared for that, I feel like my reaction to it would have been very different. 
Because yeah. the other movie yeah. was bad, but no, I think they we, were both it, great. The new one left a bad taste in our mouth because of what we'd watched before. Exactly. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we had come off. I mean, I feel like our first set of westerns that we watched were all very strong like we enjoyed them like, you watched magnificent you, seven five goes west arizona like man you, who sh- man who shot liberty valance yes, like, like yeah <laughs> so this was just it was queued up wrong and we hadn't watched enough different kinds of westerns to really mm-hmm. give it a fair shake so i'm super super glad that we gave it a fair shake because <laughs> Yeah, it is no longer the worst movie. It is now in the middle of the pack. Oh, this is I, a I think solid that, middle of the road. Yeah, yes. this is still a bad movie, but in my book, I think get some friends, get some drinks, and like it's make your fine. own riff track. Oh, right, get your own mi- I, mix, get your own, make your own riff tracks. I, just to have a good time. Watched, it's going to be stupid. I watched it and then immediately wanted to watch it again. Immediately, I was like, I will, I could watch this again. I so this movie. <laughs> scratched the itch in my brain that like there are certain movies like as i talked about last time i love hallmark movies i think they're great you know they're cheesy they're kitschy this is the whole this is a hallmark movie of westerns it is better than cowboy christmas um i was about to say i a more believable love story That was a note I made is like after you said that you you were starting to like it, it's just like there is some Hallmark movie uh, charm to this. Like it's it's cheap. It's fluff. This was churned out like, all right, Mm -hmm. this is this is this is the this is the cheap potato chip of uh, Western. So there's a terrible movie that I love called The Host. It's written. uh, It's based off of a book that's by Stephanie Meyer, the same lady who wrote Twilight, which I think is all you need to know. Is um, that that YA one where the girl has like an alien in her head or something? Yeah, it's a ripoff of Animorphs. Um, throwback <laughs> to my 90s kids out there. Hell yeah. Hey, how you doing? Um, where it's like little creature, like slugs like take over humanity and sort of invade the earth and whatnot. Saoirse Ronan acts the shit out of a terrible script. The shit out of it. She's amazing. Because um, she plays basically the alien and the girl whose body the alien has taken over. And it's a love quadrangle. It's bad. It's so I bad. I love a love quadrangle. It's, when it's I, so however, when I feel sad, when I am sick, when I am just like, I need to feel romance in my life, that is the movie I put on. And this movie, uh, Badland, has similar vibes. Nothing bad really happens. You have, a like, as soon as the two leads who are supposed to be in love meet, it is all in on their romance. They're, that is their OTP for each other. There is no question that he's going to go with someone else, even though we're presented with Alice. Alice is a lovely choice, you know, but, like, complete platonic energy as opposed to Breacher and Mira Sorvino you know him and sarah Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and at the end of the movie when he gets shot and all he wants to do is get back to her because she's his new dream like i was just like yes it made me so like so happy and like fuzzies and like it's a it's a paperback novel exactly you it's it's a beach read it's a beach read of a movie yeah and, and i gotta say i was sick as a dog when I rewatched mm-hmm. it, and it was very soothing. <laughs> it's so well, soothing. You. Oh, you got anxiety? Watch this movie. <laughs> I didn't have I to beca- think. 
you want, I, I'll tell you the series of events that caused me to heal while watching this movie and forgive this for my own sins against the movie is um, the, the, the beginning of the, uh, the bathtub scene. I wrote, please come into my house and get naked. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and I, and I cackled aloud when I wrote that and I was like, all right, I think I get it now. And then I followed it up later is um, like Dern is dying and I can't even remember what he said, but he's like, 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 he's like, I wish I could feel it. I was like, I wish I could commit one last war crime just to feel something. <laughs> I'm sorry. The bathtub scene, like you want to know what the female gaze is? It's oh, yeah. That, that shot... I wrote in all caps. I wrote in all caps. Harry Manly Man dong out like like the shirt is off like he is hairy as all get out like he's beardy that, he's dirty he's a that guy's fucking get... and he's fucking jacked he's ripped like he was super oh ripped. my god um ben, i know ben does have a joke he wants me to share with y'all please okay so at the end of the movie when breacher gets shot in the stomach which okay 310 to yuma i will say this take note this is how you ride when you've had a gut shot. <laughs> ah, like, yes. <laughs> like, that's in pain, doubled over, clinging for dear life to the back of your horse. Sweating. Yes. <laughs> Searing pain but, visible yes. on the face. Then Ben says something like, uh, he's like, oh, he no longer has a six pack. One of the cans burst. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And finally, when I let go of this movie and I was able to like laugh, live, laugh, and love, is Bruce Stern dies, and and there's like all these rising strings and guitars and shit, and I just I just laughed out loud and I said, "Look at all this goddamn drama, bask in it, motherfuckers." <laughs> and Look at it. What makes, ah! what makes it better is it's Bruce Dern. You know, our, our our little Danby child who started out in a jail with no bars in in um, was that your his local war crime? Sheriff. Exactly. And here he is in like you know like a Mister Scrooge nightgown and just dying in the American West. Oh my God! So good. I, I do want to point out because I think I don't know that I I don't think I mentioned it in the first episode we did for this, but. I remembered it from the first watching, and it bothered me in the second watching. Was the stripes on the curtains were very different, <laughs> and maybe that's just me, but I couldn't not look at them in uh, Bruce oh, Dern's yeah. room. I'm like, they're different sizes, different space, and I'm like, I get that they're probably different, but the stripes are the same color. Why are they not the same size? Can we can we get into segments? Yes. One more thing I want to say. Okay. Is I feel like they blew most of their budget on Wes Studi, Trace Atkins, and most of the costume for costumes for the men. Okay. Everything else was just shit. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, thank, I'm corner. gesturing wildly. <laughs> yes. Um, for our listeners out there, Melissa is flailing. Yes. Um, it's... <laughs> so the... Muppet style flailing. <laughs> so the costume designer for this is Toby Bronson. Um, who is best known, according to IMDb, for G.I. Joe Real- Retaliation, um, Self Slash Less 2015, and XXX State of the Union 2005. Mm. Um, oh, he has fallen far. So, like, like 
other things are like Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser, like <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, old boy. He was a key set costumer. But like there's nothing. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Uh, like heavy hitter the thing that drove me insane was the like the men looked great like breacher's costume absolutely no notes he was cool as hell like cool as hell but then it felt like they watched a little bit of wild wild west and suddenly you've got one of quade's guys with little teeny tiny 90 sunglasses looking like discount will smith and all of the women were dressed horribly. It's like they oh didn't know what to do with them. I can tell you all the simplicity patterns that they used for <laughs> Sarah's costumes. Um, she had elastic in her cuffs. Like yes. they went to it obvious. Was, it was like they went to um, Talbots and got like cotton print tops. And that's what they used to, to, like, Chico's. to dress her. Oh, my God. <laughs> limited two. I think I kept saying it was the limited two. Yeah. And then the, the like, Wild Wild West, like, when I talked about those costumes and the corsets in them were that, like, 90s girl fashion, 90s girl Ren fair fashion with hair sticks and we all wore them. Similar vibe, but executed so poorly. Like, the girl with the striped leggings, Honey. Um, <laughs> which was funny. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. Her name's Honey and she looks like a little she bee. She looks like a little bee. But Adorable. the way her corset was laced in the back, it was a, clearly a fashion corset. It was like, that's not how that works. You ran out of ribbon. You wanted her to have these ribbons in the back, but you ran out of ribbon. And like, cause yeah, you can do it. You do it bottom to top and then it meets in the middle. It didn't meet in the middle. There was this huge gap in the middle. How uncomfortable would that be? Like, and the, it, and it the just, one, um, it the one lady so looked bad. like she was just wearing her underwear. Like, yeah, they were all like, I think they were trying to go for like, um, sex worker out old West, but it, it just, they had, as you guys said in your original assessment, 1940s hair and it just, it, it, they, all of the women looked like they were in a different movie than yes. all of the men. Like the men, it's like, it's like for the men, they had access to a great costume store and were able to dress everybody great. And the women, not so much. <laughs> except, little... except Quaid's crew, they just borrowed the costumes from Wild Wild well, West. Well, if you had a fancy waistcoat, that the, the fancier your waistcoat, the more evil you were. That was the Oh, gauge. yeah, clearly. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Some visual um, storytelling. <laughs> but so, shitty, eye, shitty eye patch or fancy waistcoat. Right? So, <clears> like, <throat> that was, like, my big complaint is how poorly, like, everything else looked so good. How poorly the women were dressed just stood out so much. And they did Mira Servina dirty. Like, she is a oh, beautiful my. woman. They, Except her hair. Oh, that was the other thing. <laughs> they all go to the dry bar of the West and get blowouts before coming. Like, come, like, it was like this director, again, he's the writer, he's also the director. It, it felt like the women can't not be beautiful. Which, if you look at 50s and 60s Westerns, the women are always perfect hair, perfect makeup everything and it it i feel like 
to our eye, like those styles are dated. Like a beehive is dated, right? You know, mm. when you watch a Sabata or whatever, and she's got like a bouffant and like 60s makeup, right? Like it, it, to our eye, it still reads as in the past. So they kind of get away with it. Whereas with this movie, it's modern. She's got a modern like balayage and like layers. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's too modern, like it's too too modern, um, and does not work. And then when you're just like, oh, we'll just do vintage hair. No, that's again not how any of this works. Just give her some victory rolls; it'll be fine. Oh my god, Who, who's gonna notice some nerds? Yeah, well, but it, it just—it's just like the 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 attention and detail that was put into the men. It did not feel like it was put into the women. No. And to me, that has to be a directorial choice. Like, particularly the sex workers in the town, just their looks, it it has to be a choice. And it was a poor one. And I think with Mira Sorvino, they again were trying to do, like, beautiful hair in the wind. Too modern, though. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely... And we've seen it in lots of other Westerns, um, kind of regardless of quality, where Mm -hmm. the women aren't allowed to get dirty or look any kind of ugly. We've even seen ones where it's like, even the men, they're all too clean and too put together. Um, Uh, Johnny Guitar comes to to mind. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's, yeah, it's like, everyone must look perfect. And I feel like it's less offensive if it's evenly applied. You know, yes. like if it's like everybody's clean and perfect, then you can just be like, well, okay, we, we like it. We like a dirty, grungy Western, but, you know, at least be consistent. <laughs> yeah, like right. like Dodge City. I compare it to Dodge City where, you know, you have Olivia de Havilland in her 1940s dress, 1930s mm-hmm. dress, you know, and everybody's Beautiful. too clean. Looks great. Too clean. Yeah. Um, or some of the least... early John Wayne Westerns where like the, mm-hmm. the, fe- the female lead is dressed like it's the 30s. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So... It was, that was like, that was a disappointment for me, was just how poorly the women were dressed. How clearly from like, you know, they they took pieces and adapted them, and the adaptation was clear, uh, or worked from like, like, because the one simplicity pattern, I'm like, oh, that's for, I've made that pattern. It's, I think, I think it's one of the ones that um, Alice wears. Like, yeah. I've made that dress. I've made that dress and I'm like, oh, like it's not even pinned well, like because you have to pin the front of it on the onto the stomacher. And it's like a 17. It's supposed to be like a 1700s, like revolutionary war kind of dress. Even the pinning wasn't done well. And like you see where the iron mark is for the fold, but it's like not pin. It doesn't fit her. So it, it like extends over. So the ironing mark. I'm describing this really poorly for this audio medium. We'll, but we'll post like, some pictures. Yeah. It, it, it's like, what is? No. And it, it came off. It, it's it's like the, the debate for me is, is it sloppy or did they run out of time? I, I think it's I fully think it was a directorial choice. I, 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 I agree. I think a lot of I think the vision for what the men should look like was super clear. I think the vision for the women was also a very particular vision, but 
it's because I think you called this earlier like a trope fest, I think, in, in, in the original <laughs> discussion of this. And these costumes are a trope fest. And the women are sort of a bad version of that trope fest. And to achieve, they couldn't achieve it in the way that the men were achieved. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was exact, it, like they're in different movies. And I feel mm-hmm. like the, the saloon girls, the sex workers are, uh, the probably the worst oh, example. They're the, they're the most yes. egregious. Like Sarah kind of gets away with it. And she has more than one outfit. Thank God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. that's the other thing. That's the other thing I to to you guys about. Y'all were like, well, she's got these jewels. They have nothing else, but she has these jewels. Well, like, yes, those were her mothers. Like, they, like, they clearly established. the jewels. They, you complained about this for a good minute. Like, yeah, they clearly, we were mad. They clearly came from money and have fallen on hard times. And her mother died almost immediately getting there. So, yes, of course she has a couple jewels. Because they're, like, all she has. <laughs> they're her we did, insurance we did, policy. We did, a, we did a cinema sins is what we, we yeah, fell we, into doing. We, we just we hate. We turned on the movie. I remember really turning on it in the bathtub scene. That one I remember <laughs> being egregious to me. Because I just, I didn't, I wasn't. I didn't like the insta love. Um, I think now I get it more because who cares? I, that, <laughs> right? To me, I was like, yes, it makes. Per- she's a pretty like, lady. He's a handsome man. It makes perfect sense. He's but a, it I, wanted, that- I, I wanted more. I wanted more of a serious like. Let's get to know each other. Right. And like, Not, it wasn't I that kind of movie. I just didn't like it, and nope. I I turned on it immediately. And yeah, I think we both turned on it, and we were just like. Every little thing that stuck out, even a little bit, we were gonna jump on. So, mm-hmm. I I agree. We were we picked it apart way, way more than I think we would now. I think you fall into that when you've turned on a movie, right? Because <laughs> you're like, I hate this, and I'm gonna tell you all the reasons I hate it. It, it was it I'm was like, a have, better it, love story than Silverado. I would agree. certainly more fleshed out, which says a lot. <laughs> yeah, the, the the there was. God, poor Silverado. Like, I just, like, just pass this woman around, I guess. Like, she didn't care. Uh, we at least had a female protagonist who seemed to to care. And, and also... And a competent one. Yes, exactly. She's competent. Like, she could be yeah. like, oh, I'm out here with my rifle and I know how to use it. Like... Yeah, yeah. Like, that's nice to see. It wasn't just a like, oh, I'm just a lady and oh, I don't know how to do anything. She she was right out there with her with with everybody you know mm-hmm. like I'll freaking although, shoot some guy. <laughs> although I will say the couple of times that Mira Savino did fire the gun, it was clear that she didn't know what she was doing, and I kind of appreciated that. <laughs> you know, I again, I I not knowing how guns work, um, I I didn't care because yeah, it's, everything it's around garbage. it was okay. Like I was I was just enjoying. And can I just say, just to round out my little costume corner in, mm. on a non-costume related thing, thank God the horse made it because I would have <laughs> rioted. <laughs> you were worried about that horse. <laughs> uh, as soon as she's like, horses don't really survive out here. I was like, what's going to happen to the horse? No, <laughs> I love that horse. That horse is great. <laughs> I love that. That was your first concern when horse. she said that. You're like. That horse better not fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie had a great um this movie had great uh uh, uh 
great pretty horses. It did. Just beautiful horses. It did. They, they didn't skimp on uh, 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 male costuming, except for Quaid's uh, rented tux. <laughs> and horses. Yep. Little, uh, little chestnut mare there. She was real, real pretty. I was like, oh, love to see it. Love to see a horse live. Yep. Uh, so since everything else in this movie is just seems slapdash and sloppy and lazy and just added to this, at least for me, the enjoyment of just like, all right, I get it now. It's trash. It's garbage. I'm just feed me garbage. I'm a raccoon in, in a dumpster behind work. <laughs> Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about the lucky fellow cantina, the saloon? Yeah! Sure. With... <laughs> With a typeface straight out of, like, I want to say uh, Windows 98. I was so offended. Like, and the <laughs> it's fact so that it, it's, so, it's like a typeface. It's not even like a good Old West typeface. No. No. It was kind of, uh, and we'll, again, we'll post a picture because I'm going to attempt to describe a font. <laughs> to you lovely <laughs> listeners out there. It's like, it was like papyrus. But it, serif but it was like, serif. <laughs> it was a serif font for sure because it had these, like, swirly little serifs on the tops and the bottoms of the letters which looks like was meant to be like oh that's your capital letter and then it might be wouldn't have been as flowery for lowercase but they did everything on these signs in all caps so it just looks really awkward like if you ever see someone use a font like that in all caps where it's like only the first letter is meant to be like that and everything else should be something different right um, and it just really really stood out to me because it was like the same font in like every town and I'm like I don't, I'm, I'll be the first to say, I don't know stencil technology of the time <laughs> where stencils widely used. And I mean, and even if they were, I doubt every town gets shipped the same freaking alphabet of stencils to use for their signage. Come on. Well, I mean, there's, there, there already is a font called stencil. It looks, it, it's perfect for it. Cause it looks like what you'd see on the side of a box car, that which for this ramshackle fine. town would have been perfect. That would have been But fine. instead they say I had to go fancy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hated, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and the saloon inside wasn't much better. I mean, you close your eyes, you get some good saloon ASMR, you know, Amazing. the tinkling of the glasses, the quiet conversation, uh, uh, Breacher, you know, takes a uh, pull on a cigar. It's like, okay, I get behind this. Then you open your eyes, and it's just like, oh, this is, this is this this set is incomplete. Also, just the (laughs) aggressive, like, you are going to sleep with a woman, like, yeah, there's like almost no, like he's like, I just want to sit here and have a drink and smoke my cigar, and then I'm going to go to bed. That's all I want to do. And instead, it was like. This aggressive come on from Honey being like, hey, like, like, you got to sleep with me and give me money. Like, it's like, come, like, leave. Like, the man said no. Right? Yeah. Yeah, And it's like, I think that's fine to have him get propositioned because, like, it's that kind of place. Mm -hmm. But it's weird for her to, like, give him the hard sell. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's how that works at all. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like she'd be like, oh, okay, well, you know where to find me, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe somebody else comes over, but like, 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 and the other thing that didn't, the other thing that I wish they had made clearer was like, like they sort of mention it when she's on the porch talking to the other sex workers where she's like, 
um, where Honey says something along the lines of, you know, like I like I I got this money, like look at that, and she's like, and the other one's like nineteen forties, uh, you know. Uh, girl is like hey you you better not let the sheriff see that you've got money and it's implied that she's taken money from one of the sheriff's men which you sort of then have to logically leap to be like oh they're not supposed to take money from them yeah because then like that was i think they could have made that clear because honey ends up getting shot because the sheriff's like oh you stole money and you know what the punishment is for that yeah like i didn't pick up on that until my second watching but him shooting her is still super jarring and that Mm -hmm. whole scene where she interacts with the sheriff and the sheriff is like you know you, you shouldn't steal from me and then sorry spoilies um just like shoots her i was like oh shit (laughs) yeah like that scene was really good as the like tone shift Mm because we hadn't met the sheriff yet i think we'd heard about him like oh he's the sheriff here and like he's runs a tight town and this town was like a piece of shit before he came along so you're kind of like oh i say i say um uh sheriff cornpone out here (laughs) And you get the impression like he's not a good guy because it's like Alice is something like she doesn't like the person she works for. Right. You know, um, but it, it I wouldn't want to drink there if it were me. No, no. mostly because it's it, it's the set of a high school production. <laughs> That's why. So all the liquor is fake. Just right. It's all just water. It's just colored water and. I, I came up with so many great, which also, you know, it's a high school production which explains uh, uh, Sheriff Hamhock's uh, accent. Oh, I didn't think he was that bad. <laughs> Sheriff Gravy Biscuit. I did. Sheriff. You, how many? All right. How many names do you have listed, Stu? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Oh, no. get, get him out. Let, list them off. Let's hear them. <laughs> Sheriff Southern Racist. <laughs> Captain War Crime. <laughs> Sheriff Shrimp and Grits. <laughs> Sheriff Bless Your Heart. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Oof. I know I knew those were gonna eat you up in size. Exactly. They, they, I think I think if I had watched this movie for the first time, uh this like right now, I think I probably would have had the same hits beat for beat as I did back when we started this podcast however it would have been sprinkled with laughter yes yeah i think that's it like i i i stand by a lot of my criticisms i think the dialogue is often terrible uh there are a lot of deeply terrible there's a lot of things that could have been cut um but i wouldn't have hated it if i had just watched it now for the first time i would have enjoyed it it has big spaghetti energy in bursts and that forgives a lot of sins yes uh, yeah we like, certainly would give me certainly... what i want you feed me like a little baby bird with some of them fist fights and mm-hmm. cool shit gunfight yeah i certainly certainly would have wouldn't have uh sentence sentence it to uh, a, a summary no. execution i will no, no, say no. the best insult does still come in the saloon when what's his nuts calls breacher a swinging dick yeah, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was like, I love that. I don't know what about. It just was like, yes. 
What a great, like, what a great insult! Like you swinging dick. Like, it's, it's so dumb. Were you peering it's in so... that bathtub with Sarah? Like, I know, right? Like, ma'am, keep like your it's... heads, your hands above the screen. Hands above the screen. That cracked the... me up. You're like, ma'am, ma'am, where are your hands, ma'am? That was me in the bathtub scene. Like, dude's tr- just got his shit kicked in, and you're like <laughs> assaulting him. Well, he's hairy like Wolverine, and clearly he has the same healing factor because the bite mark is gone. Yeah. And I don't I'm like, care. where is HR? <laughs> <laughs> don't care. I do not care. Uh, also, this movie, uh, and because thanks to your uh, commentary, Mel, this this movie, speaking of the bathtub scene and uh, the and the stew eating scene, I went down a rabbit hole. I researched the history of Terry Cloth. <laughs> <laughs> do tell. <laughs> Because I complained about that it was a terry cloth. <laughs> right, terry cloth napkins, which, sure. <laughs> okay, right, like, so, all right. First off, I know, I don't think there's anything in those bowls. They're not eating anything. No. There's nothing in there. <laughs> there's not even steam coming off this fresh bowl of stew, which, as Amy, I remember you saying, is the is the most romantic of meals. <laughs> the most romantic meal. Like, she's like, come in for some stew. I was like, ooh. Right. <laughs> now, the night, now the night begins. <laughs> Forget Italian, forget surf and turf, not nah, stew, brown food. You know what? She's doing the best with what she has. She, again, she has been trapped in a cabin with her consumptive father. Right. <laughs> Who refuses to die. And and she's all alone and she's dealing with discount Will Smith and Mr. Fancy Pants. Cut the lady a break. She so, makes a mean stew. Ter- the his- terry cloth goes back to ancient times. Oh, however, so one quick however, pause to just to sure we're we're talking about in the in the dinner scene, going back to mm-hmm. uh, when Sarah invites Breacher in for some stew for an awkward conversation. Um, right, uh, it's like chapter two, the cooks, and it's apostrophe s. The chapter belongs to them. Yes, so uh, <laughs> so uh, their napkins are terry cloth washcloths. Okay, sorry, yes. Stu. Terry, terry cloth is ancient times. So they date back to ancient times. They are popular in Egypt. They're made out of linen back then. However, um, they did not get any. They were they were strictly a luxury item uh specifically in egypt and later on in modern day turkey even then they did not become popular in the west until about 1850 when they created looms that could make them reliably and even and they were called turkish towels Ooh. uh and even then they didn't become popular in america until uh between 1919 and 1930 hmm. so she's either a trendsetter or, or it's like, or it's another another sort of hint, like her jewels that the this family once had money. Mm-hmm. Could but, be, I... but it still it still takes you out of the moment when you're like, wait a second, her with her it's, elastic, it's a, it's a her elastic sleeves and uh, terry cloth washcloths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna give this movie the credit. No, of them being like, oh, it's a Turkish. Ta- we did this no. on purpose. No, <laughs> no. they don't no. get that. No. Um. Yeah, I was like, why? Why terry cloth? Why? Because <laughs> they're like, you you get like twenty of them for like three bucks at Walmart. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I. You know what? I bet they forgot they needed some sort of like gingham or something, and they're like, we need something. Um, we need some kind of like napkin cloth or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, we have these. So we'll just use yeah, these, these. 
Yeah. Know, we got these for the makeup department. I hope they'll do. Mm-hmm. Someone had like paper Cause... napkins and they're like, we can't get away with paper. Because they're, like, <laughs> they're like bright white too. Like they're not oh, even, yeah. they're, yeah. A little Thank anachronistic. You, Thank you, Stu. You're welcome. That was I, a fun I, detour. That was a neat little, is. So yeah, America didn't get uh, terry cloth towels until after the First World War. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, how about your coot? After all, he's not a bad old coot. Bruce Dern. Bruce yeah. Dern. Bruce Dern's the coot. And w- <laughs> one little nitpick about cinematography. When we first meet uh, Bruce Dern, we get a long, unbroken view straight up his nose. I swear I could see the man's brain. <laughs> like I'm, I'm done looking at Bruce Dern's nose hair. Can we stop? Say... <laughs> Like, it's impressive that they got a Bruce Dern. Like, he acted the shit out of this. Yeah. He had not much to work with, but he was like, you know what? We're going all in. Him and Wes Studi both. Yeah. He's like, like, I've been in this shit before. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I I can make this movie. Like, give me me that shit. I will spin it into I need a paycheck. (laughs) I understand what it is to be in a spaghetti. Let's do this. Yeah, let's make some trash. Yeah, yeah, because like some of those lines, yeah, it's like they just were monologuing at each other sometimes. Oh yeah, you're not talking to each other. You're just saying things at each other. Series of dramatic events in search of a uh, of a plot. Yeah, yeah. Some good bits. Like like there's bits. There's good bits here. I. Mm so wanted him to shoot and kill someone at the end like i really yeah. wanted him to like get get one, uh, when quaid's guys goons all show up for the final gunfight at the cook ranch i wanted bruce stern to like take at least one of them out i was so disappointed <laughs> that we didn't get that but he did he did have the death he deserved as a confederate war criminal oh yeah absolutely yep yeah. Uh, so, speaking of Bruce Stern, how about a face? He happens to be a sweet-looking dude. Uh, I liked the faces at the the last shootout in Knife's Edge. See, I like Wes Studi because, but he's got it's, good face. Uh, it, it's almost like a gimme at that point. You know, it, he's just he's got a face for it. I wanted to know more about him. Man. Right. I want to tell us more about Harlan. Yeah. Why is he? So, why has he got a reputation as a badass? Yeah. Also, I feel like they went into the, they slid into a bad trope, which is like the you know like magic Native American. Yes, mm-hmm. he, where it's like, oh, he can heal you. Yeah, I mean, like at least he Ben brought this up. Like at least he wasn't using like these are magic herbs and blah blah blah. Like he's like, no, I'm going to use antiseptic and like bandages. First aid, yeah, um, like, right. Like, yeah, he did. first aided him. Some of the best first aid we've seen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know? like maybe like, you should be like a doctor and not a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, Har- Harlan pulls out the latest edition of like you know the American Journal of Medicine. He's like, yeah, they're talking about germ theory, and I think they're onto something. Right? Um, but but yeah, like he was a little bit like I think you called him like Chekhov's Native American. Like that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what. Yeah. Like he was criminally underused. They probably yeah. had him for two days or at day, and they filmed those two scenes. And that's all they could afford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Pretty like, much. you got me for the next three hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you make? What do you got? This is what we got. Um, yeah. My, I have like a couple things written down. Um, like one, 
it was about 20 minutes in Bruce Stern's shocked face. Um, I thought was pretty great. Um, I, I love a good Bruce Stern. I mean, I'm a little partial to him. Every time he shows up, I, in a, in a Western, I just get excited. I'm like, Oh, it's Bruce Stern. Oh, look, it's Bruce Stern. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was my face. I think that Bruce Stern shocked face about 20 minutes in. It's a good one. That was great. And, uh, finally, how about a, how about a postcard? Breacher taking his shirt off to get into the tub. <laughs> it's like one of those man was jacked, man. Yeah, that, that dude was... That happened. I was like, move over, Hank, from, uh, <laughs> from, from Frankenstein's Jesse, daughter. From Frankenstein's daughter. There is Jesus. a new himbo in town. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Um... There's also a great moment about nine minutes in where I think it's Breacher does a Jeff Goldblum pose um, yes. when he's talking to Breacher. That was another great one. And then I, I did also love the moment um, like when he comes out of the mission with all his stuff on him, like ready to go yeah. like, take him out. Like there were a lot of great postcard moments, but I think my main yeah. one is... Shirt comes off, getting ready to get into the tub, and you're just like, oh. He's butt-ass naked. That's a landscape, am I right? Oh, my God. Oh, talk about that. Yeah. Like, and she wasn't upset when he came back with a five-pack. Like, she was just as happy. Oh, yeah. You know. It's like, just enough for me, you know? <laughs> the one first for the can. Ladies. Yeah. My man had, like, a ten-pack. Like. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I said to Ben, I was like, did this man, like, not eat? Like he must be so dehydrated to look like yeah. that. Like, but wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it, I hope he got some IV fluids. It was it, it was the same energy as in the first Avenger, Captain America, when um, Steve, what's his nuts, like g- gets the serum and then like is jacked for the mm-hmm. first time, and mm-hmm. Peggy like kind of reaches out and like stops herself from touching his like, abs oh, right like <laughs> inappropriate same workplace. energy dude's, same dude's energy. fucking jacked yeah dude yeah. swole as yeah. hell yeah trying to do some uh, like witcher mm-hmm. <laughs> energy uh, yep <laughs> and recavel yep. and that yeah so yeah i mean i feel like that is the one uh i mean there are a lot of places like we definitely nitpick the story way too much because like it's just a movie come on it doesn't have to be friggin right. perfect it wasn't that um, much of a letdown. No, no. But I also feel like we definitely slept on the, the visuals because it really wasn't. It There were a yeah. lot of really nice scenes, um, like in the beginning of him riding on the horse, uh, getting to where he's going to. Um, yeah. The, like, I thought that opening was very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot the of transitions great shots were very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whenever they had that nice guitar playing. Yes. We were having right. a good time. More the gu- guitar. The cu- the... Yeah. More guitar, less strings. Uh more bathtub? No. Question mark. <laughs> I mean, Sarah needed to get into that bathtub. She needed to just be pull a uh what's his Clint, name? Clint, Clint Eastwood. Fully <laughs> close for sister Sarah. Just, just get in. in. I would have enjoyed a, a a flip of that. Yeah, that would have been fun to see. I mean, I feel like it with the moment wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the same t- kind of moment, no. but I would have loved to see a, a f- 
switched version of the uh, two mules for Sister Sarah mm-hmm. tub scene. Just more, <laughs> that... more, more of their love story would have been nice. Um, what we yeah. got, I was okay with. What yeah. I got, what I was okay with. Mm-hmm. So, how do we feel about this thing? I think it's a solid three, three and a half um, out of six. I don't uh, think it's the best thing I've ever seen. Um, I will definitely watch it again. I immediately rewatched it because I enjoyed myself so much. It is, it is a, it like, if you want something that is just, like, you want to sit and, like, knit something or crochet something or, like, work on something and have a movie on that's just, like, relaxing with a glass of wine, this is that movie. The- I, I, would, I would agree. No. Um, I, I would rate it lower. Um, and I don't know if that's just because I feel like I need to defend myself. <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's not my favorite Western. But I agree. Like, I watched it when I was sick and I was fine. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you're, you know, cooking, doing mm-hmm. a craft, it's great for the background. Because, yeah, it's not like this intricate movie that you have to, like, pay attention. Like, <laughs> good guy going to fight bad guy. <laughs> That's that's all you gotta know. Man hunts he likes bad, lady. Man hunts bad dudes. Man likes pretty lady. Man shoots bunch of dudes. Man goes back to pretty lady. There you go. Yeah, there you and go. It's not insulting to the senses like uh, like my name is nobody <gasps> or Sabata the killer. No pissing. There was no pissing. No pissing. Yeah, no pissing. And both of those movies I mentioned. Got a lot of pissing. So much pissing. So much pee pee poo poo jokes. Pee pee poo poo. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with pee pee poo poo jokes, but there are some really bad pee pee poo poo jokes. There was like, like, like we watched the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I don't know how you could have rated the bathtub or the dinner scene worse than the sexy privy scene. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> But I will. Speaking of yeah, no, poopoo, we'll, this movie will always have way, rager wedding got a poop guy. Yes. Yeah, look, we there, there's there's good pieces of this movie. I'm still I'm giving it a two because I don't I don't have the urge to watch it again, and I, I'd rather watch a spaghetti, um, mm-hmm. which I think does what this one's trying to do better. Though this, you know, spaghettis don't often have very good or like the strong romance Mm-mm. that I like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, this one does a little bit better job of that, like crumbs. <laughs> yeah. Like a little bit of crumbs, but, um, yeah. And if I think I were directing it, there'd definitely be some quick zooms. I'd lean into the spaghetti energy. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it two and a half, leaning more towards three, uh, sabatas out of six. <clears throat> yeah. I'm definitely rating it on the, uh, spaghetti Western scale. Yeah. Like I, like I, like I, I think I'm rating it so high, mostly because I think this pinged a bunch of things that in particular i like like i will say this totally fair i think you know on vacation we should we should get silly and then watch this again because it's going to be ridiculous we're going to yell riff tracks the screen power hour yes (laughs) i bet this would be so good with a power hour God help us. I, like it definitely. Like, so the second viewing. So I watched when I watched it the first time I had to watch it in two chunks just because, you know, holidays. I had a lot to get done. I only had time to like an hour and an hour. 
this is does not have to be a two sitting movie though. It's a two hour movie, but it does not have to be a two sitting movie. You can do no. it in one sitting and like yeah, it's watchable. When I had the time to just sit and just watch it, I watched it with a glass of wine, and I think we had pizza or something, and we just chilled. And I was like, I'm enjoying laughing at the parts that I think are ridiculous. I'm stoked as heck about the the spaghetti parts that i love and i'm like oh over the romance so it's 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 better than than it has any right to be so <laughs> for, you, for, yeah. for what the script is <laughs> this is a uh, a redemption of badland we indeed. we did this movie dirty so uh, if you avoided this on our account, we apologize, <laughs> or I apologize. You can watch especially because the- I think, especially on this podcast, where I think we've learned how to love garbage on this podcast. Yeah. So you all hadn't seen your- Spaghetti's yet. That was the yeah. big problem. Mm-hmm. What was? Hold on. Let me. I gotta take a look. Because because uh, <clears throat> we didn't watch Sabata for three more episodes. Yeah. So after this, we watched Slow West, and then we watched A Pistol for Ringo, which was our first spaghetti. Spaghetti. Um, and Buon then Natale. after that, we watched Sabata, which I think changed it changed my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know how you feel we about emb- it. We embraced the madness. It really. It was like these don't have to be serious movies. Because it's like, also- a pistol. A pistol for Ringo primed us because it's a little it's more opened, serious. It no, it opened with Bon Natale. I know it, it opened a, up with Merry Christmas, and, and, and it had a guy using a live chicken as a, as a martial weapon. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I we might have to revisit a pistol for Ringo. I mean, I I also think like the spaghettis that a lot of people are really familiar with are, of course, like the Dollars trilogy, yes. which have a certain level of seriousness that like if you're like oh i like spaghetti westerns but if all you've seen are the dollars trilogies that's very different than sabata (laughs) yeah yes and this leans more towards the sabata than the doll i think it wants to be like the dollars trilogy but it's more sabata like yes to 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 quote pat when he watched sabata what's that banjo gonna do it's gonna go (laughs) off you better believe it like Embrace the Sabata energy. Oh golly! Uh, uh, well, do we have anything else? Um, other than I, I, I was just shocked as all of you guys for how much I liked it. I, 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 think, I think at one Me point too. in my commentary, I'm like, "Is this what Stockholm syndrome's like?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why do I like this? Why do I now, like we... this? I like this so much. Right now, if I was we, like, it's not terrible. Why is it you, not terrible? We'll co- we'll circle back to Stockholm Syndrome if uh if we rewatch um My Name Is Nobody no. and you feel that way. I'll be sick. Then that we'll week. be like, Mel, you need help. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, you need help. No, it Something would be is... look. If anyone's gonna rewatch My Name Is Nobody and then love it, it would be me because of the Fay bargain that is keeping <laughs> me in Terrence Hill's Fay realm. <laughs> Um, you know, that's what's given me the Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) I would say to put on the list for us to revisit, I think we should revisit the Russell Crowe 310 to Yuma. Because I I do not think we watch that at an appropriate moment. And that makes me think for, because I think we'll have to do 
both of the the true grits and maybe uh, should we watch the new one first and then the old one should we flip it maybe see i like watching the original first because then you can pick up cues that said i don't think we should watch them back to back maybe that's what it is yeah we give it a we give a couple movies in between agreed yeah agreed um but maybe if anyone has suggestions for things that we should rewatch <laughs> Yes, yeah, absolutely. If you want us to 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 take another stab at a movie that you think we uh, we did dirty, we are happy to do so. Ab- absolutely, we will we will accept your uh, input. Which speaking of which, let me check the Pony Express here. And while Stu's doing that, I'll just say like this is our our New Year's episode, so I feel like this is a good lesson for everyone to kind of like maybe revisit some things some preconceived notions you have may may have had in your life you know like maybe some judgments you've made for people or things or whatever um you know maybe you should revisit those mm-hmm. yep agreed the new year agreed um maybe take another look at a really handsome hugh jackman look like getting into a tub <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then just forget about everything else yeah i was watching this and i'm like oh this is a very beardy man i'm like i have a type <laughs> we all have a type it's okay because <laughs> i married a very beardy man and yeah. i'm like huh huh okay i'm yeah. learning things about myself it, and that's what living is all about you know <laughs> and i i just i just embrace the madness of this movie just the fact that like this is trying to be something it ain't it's spaghetti it's trying to be serious uh it's funny this is great turkish towels <laughs> Why? And my um, and my uncle's kitchen chairs from the seventies. Was... Maybe mm-hmm. this was another time traveler movie. <laughs> it could be. Get Doctor Who on the phone. Well, anyway, uh, a true one eighty from from at least two out of three cow punchers on this one tonight. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if uh, again, if you if you want to reach out to us, if there's something you want us to revisit, or if there's a new movie you want us to go see. Uh, please reach out to us at uh, our email, cowpunchers, that's uh, cowpunchers show, that's, so there's two S's in the middle next to each other, at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to check out our uh, all our reels and selections for postcard and face and other fun stuff at our Instagram at... Cowpunchers_pod. And uh, again... Thanks for listening. I am, as always, the Deputy Stu Kaufman. And I am no longer quite as sick as Bruce Dern. I'm Amy McLeod. And I love me some stripy socks. My name is Melissa Huggins. <laughs> Y'all watch yourselves out there on the trail. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>